couple of quick plugs before we start today's show. If you want to follow us on Twitter, our handle is at Narbos Podcast. If you want to email us, our email address is narbosandbroomheads at gmail.com. Hit us up with your comments on future episodes of Degrassi Junior High and Degrassi High. And if you want to be on a future episode, let us know as well and we'll try to set something up. You can also uh, follow our show on all of the podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and uh, Spotify. So please give us a follow and subscribe on any of those sites, and uh, you will be able to get us pushed to you every single week. The theme music for this show is brought to you by a band called Ew, You're a Girl and Girls Suck. They are a punk band from here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and their Bandcamp page is iagags.bandcamp.com. That's E-Y-A-G-A-G-S dot bandcamp.com. They used to watch Degrassi episodes when they took breaks from recording back in the 90s. Uh, anyways, that's about it for the plugs. Let's get to this week's episode. What a crying shame. It'll take 30 years to regrow this forest. Well, at least he got it under control. It could have been a lot worse. I suppose so. The forest wasn't the only thing that died in that fire. A lot of animals lost their lives, too. These little cubs got away lucky. Yeah. Thanks to smoke here. Smoke? That's the way he appeared. Out of a cloud of smoke. <laughs> what else could I call him? Oh, hey, fella. What's, what's that? Are you lost? Oh, hey, yeah. You, do you have a, do you have a name or no? Oh, you don't. Oh well. I, how'd you get in here? You, oh, you got in through the window. I left the window open. Really? Oh wow. Well, I'm just about to do a podcast. Do you know what a podcast is? Oh no, you don't. Okay, okay. Well, would you like to join me? Oh, I think that's a yes. Okay, so I think I'm going to call you Podrick. Do you like that? Oh, yeah, I think you like that. Okay, so your name is Podrick, and we're going to do a podcast together. So you're going to be on with me. Okay, is that good? Oh, there you go. Well, 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 it's me, Ted, coming to you via the Narbos and Broomheads broadcast and it's me and my new friend Podrick so he's going to be here all evening to help me save the day as host of this podcast is that a good thing oh that's good Podrick good boy so welcome 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 everyone to a swerve episode of Narbos and Broomheads and we're going to talk about a wonderful piece of Canadianity called the littlest hobo but before we jump into that work of art, let's see what kind of puppy friends we have around the circle here. Let's uh, let's roll. Let's uh, chase that ball up the road right up to uh, O Town. Let's go there. <laughs> Who's there? Woof woof. <laughs> and a woof woof to you, Ted. Thank Hello. you, and Podrick. Don't forget. Oh, Podrick. Sorry. Due to the podcast, Podrick. Pod or yes. Podface. I don't know. He just showed up, snuck in through a window. I went through it all. Oh, 
I bet he's up to no good. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's me, Courtney, coming to you from O-Town. And I am incredibly excited to review this episode of The Littlest Hobo. Uh, I grew up with this show. I've confessed to my fellow hosts that I apparently cried at the end of every episode. <laughs> so don't be alarmed. Uh, it, it might happen. Just ignore it. We, and, always, we, uh, always, we always ignore it. <laughs> oh, Project's listening in. We have our headset on, and I have one ear, and he has the other ear, and he's leaning in. <laughs> of course, he is. Of course. Um, I'm. I'm hoping I don't ingest poison during this episode, but <laughs> if I if I do, oh, I hope one of you guys can help me. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, let's mosey on down the four sixteen to the four hundred one. Did and. Uh... Did did Podrick come into your place carrying a mountain lion? <laughs> um, not a mountain lion. <laughs> Whoa, there, boy! He, he came in like, carrying. He doesn't like when you say mountain lion. Oh, he came in carrying Victor Newman. It's weird. <laughs> okay. From the Young and the Restless. Uh huh. Um, hi, everybody. I'm uh, Alan. I'm in Toronto. Uh, slip with five eyes or slip. And before I forget, I literally just got this email uh, just over an hour ago. This is at narbosandroomheads at gmail.com. Uh, from Renee DeMont Mitchell, the subject line, please, please read my email. And yes, you will get your email read if you beg us in uh, email <laughs> format. Uh <laughs> I am a 41-year-old grade 4 teacher from Ontario, and I've recently discovered your podcast. Usually, I'm a massive fan of true crime, but my 8-year-old reminds me murder is not an appropriate topic during our morning drive to school. So, <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> Whoops. I so feel this woman um, totally been in the same situation. Yeah, but now I'm thinking, like, wait, do you listen to this with your 8-year-old? Because Yes, uh, we're not um, a good alternative. Fuck, 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 fuck. All right, so. <laughs> Mommy, what's a fuck room? <laughs> <laughs> For you, mind. Uh, not only can I picture almost every scene while you discuss it, but I find myself smiling and giggling along while driving alone or swimming laps. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, Here are my Degrassi stories. I used to dress up my Barbie as Stephanie with sexy clothes underneath huge sweaters. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love it. When I was in grade one, my teacher asked the class to draw a picture of our favorite television show. Knowing I couldn't possibly expose Madame to the wild world of Degrassi, I drew Muppet Babies and rolled my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, While living in Toronto in my early 20s, I was walking home from school and saw the actress who played Liz driving her car, and no one was stoked except me. Also, I can only imagine the memory now with her hair from the show. I swear it happened, though. Um, I have a a true Degrassi fan test. Um, Please sing the second verse of Everybody Wants Something. Anybody? Uh, Everybody get ready? That's the... Well, that's the first verse. Is there more than one? Yeah, there is. Everybody get ready and get into gear. The Degrassi sensation. The one and only. The zits are here. The zits are an end of song. No. Everybody get up to something that you are. Dedication and hard work. 
Is that right? Something you will go far. Yeah. yeah. Dedication and hard work will. Uh, everybody. Bad day. Everybody face up to the facts as they are. Yeah. Dedication yeah. is hard, but you'll be somebody and you will go far. Yes. Dedication is hard. Yes. Yeah. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it, you. I think it was twice in the series that you heard it. Once would have been at the dance when they played it before the school burned down. And the, uh, memories. Uh, and the second time... Or no, it wasn't before the school burned down. That was the year after that. This was the year where uh, uh, Spike, Spike had put into labor. Yeah, and she Spike can't clap along in time. Yeah, like all her claps. Were all <laughs> yeah, the yeah. timing is really bad. And then the second, and the second time was when they filmed the music video. I think those were the yes. only two times. Uh, Renee, correct this if I'm wrong. And then she says, "Every goddamn time I see Drake on TV, I'm so proud of him for being able to walk." So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Renee. Renee, you're awesome. You have, yes, you have found you so your people. Thank uh, you, thank you. And I will pass this over to Arlo. <laughs> Coming to you from Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. <laughs> oh, she. <laughs> he was responding to your your barking. He thought it was another dog. Is yeah, there's uh, a Linda jealous over there, Ted? Actually, I'm amazed. I was trying it out earlier, and she was kind of freaking out a bit. But currently, she's like, "Oh yeah, Ted's on one of his other stupid apps that makes animal sounds." Because I also <laughs> have one that like sounds like a cat. Which what are you I thought that was Codric. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. No, I'm talking about two different things. Podrick is here. <laughs> Podrick's like, dude, get off your phone. I'm here. I can actually do whatever you want, whenever you want. Get me a drink, Padre. Yeah, well, I could probably replace him by an iPhone. Okay, relax, relax. (laughs) Okay, okay, jeez. Very serious. He doesn't like to be, he doesn't want to be replaced. Are we ready to roll? I am so excited to get into this. (laughs) Everybody strapped in? Strapped into my Ford Bronco or whatever that fucking car is in that show. (laughs) Oh, yes. I don't know exactly what that is, but we will jump right in, shall we? Yeah. Do you want to? Are you are we jumping into the episode or are you going to tell us a little bit about what we're like, what this show is? I'm going to I'm going to tell you what. we're Oh, I am strapped in then. One hundred percent. Oh, baby. I am am strapped on. I mean, strapped in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Go. So what this is, this is, we're going to talk about The Littlest Hobo. So The Littlest Hobo has been around for quite some time. The first iteration was in 1958. It was a movie, um, like a movie, yeah, like a movie that was about a dog that went around and helped people in situations and then disappeared again. Eventually that was changed into a Canadian TV show in 1963, and that went from 1963 to 1965. It was in black and white. And eventually it got rebooted uh, in 1979, and that's what tonight's episode we're going to talk about. It came out October 11th, 1979, and it went till 1985, six seasons. If you talk to any Canadian and say, the littlest hobo, they will know what you're talking about. Anywhere in the world or of a certain age, you ask a 20-year-old, they're like, what? Okay, okay, boomer. Or whatever. Yeah, kids, you can't kids say hobo anymore. anymore. Yeah, yeah, they're like you're canceled. No, not really. Um, so this episode, this this is a Canadian, this is Canadian royalty of TV. 
there's been everybody from Leslie Nielsen on it, Mike Myers, and Megan Follows. Do you know who that is? From Anna Green Gables, right? Anna Green Gables, yeah, of Anna Green Gables fame. And probably our American listeners are like, huh? What? (laughs) But our Japanese listeners are like, yes. They're like, super kawaii. We're going to get on the charts in Japan this week. Oh, show. baby. <laughs> oh, show. So um, this was this show was pretty much everywhere, like especially in um, in England, in Australia, New Zealand. The uh, flight of the Concords, Brett and Jermaine were interviewed yes. and they said, what did you what what shows did you watch? Because they had the show and the band fled the Concords, fled the Concords two seasons. Fantastic, perfect show. So good, yep. And they they said they were being interviewed. Said what episode? What shows did you watch growing up in New Zealand? And he said, uh, I think Brett said, he said uh, the Littlest Hobo. Um, it was about a dog uh, who solved mysteries. <laughs> so that's essentially what the Littlest Hobo kind of is about. Um, yeah. So, and according to the Wiki. The concept of the show was that of an ownerless dog. So a dog shows up, solves a, a problem, a human problem, and then leaves at the end of the show. And the uh, the start of the show and the end of the show is at uh, the end of the show is him leaving. And it's just always the same clip. And That's it's most yeah. obvious comparison is like Lassie or something like that. Right. Yeah. But Lassie, Lassie doesn't hold a candle. Mm, yeah, or a poor man's Lassie, Rin Tin Tin. <laughs> yeah, Lassie <laughs> had an owner though, so Lassie was kind of a pussy. Like Little yeah, Sobo, that's right. Little was, so was drifting. So so mm-hmm. <laughs> So the dogs. London is known famously as the dog of the episode, but there were actually several Londons, and they weren't all named London. But sorry. Um, <laughs> So the dog, the trainer, the guy who trained the dogs, descendants of London, like, yeah, right. I think so. Some weren't. They were looked. They were picked for the show for their pattern. It's called a reverse mask, and like a, I guess, a opposite of a raccoon kind of thing. So, (laughs) yeah. So some were some were related. The the grandson of the London from the original show is actually on this show. So they're not all relatives, but some are. And the dog trainer from the 1960s show is the same dog trainer as the 1980s. And he was known as a bit of an eccentric. <laughs> Probably. So, it's like, I'm going to teach yeah. this dog how to parachute. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and yeah, so this show, again, is was... I mean, we all watched it growing up, correct? Yes. Yes. I did yeah. not. What? <gasps> really? Get out of yeah, this podcast. Really Get out of the country. You know, I'm really familiar with, like, the theme song and stuff like that. Like, I would always see, like, the end credits before a show that I wanted to watch was starting and stuff like that. So it was definitely on TV, but it just wasn't really part of something that I would watch. What were you waiting to watch whilst watching the end credits of Lilith's Hobo? I have no idea. Hmm. Probably Scooby Doo. I don't know. Hmm. That's a real dog. That's a real dog. That dog smokes weed. That's the best dog ever. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, this all this show also had an iconic song by Terry Bush. Can we uh, can we list? Can we have a? There you go. Oh. Courtney, don't cry. Too late. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Fantastic. Again, you can walk up to a Canadian, well, minus Arlo. Well, no, yes, Arlo. Yeah, she heard and the song. It's she, yeah, she car- knows the song. She'd be like, I know the song. Leave me alone. I'm Canadian. Um, yeah, so this, this was known all throughout Canada. This is steeped deep in the uh in the canadian television genetics i think yeah absolutely and yeah. if you haven't watched it i promise it is worth it to pause this episode and go watch the show <laughs> um it is amazing it is bonkers like basically <laughs> uh, it's not it's not a hard show to write everybody uh dog shows up people have problems dog can solve everything by themselves <laughs> Like, oh, yeah, like, oh, shit, uh, the Russians have launched the bomb. Dog will solve it by himself with no training or help. He'll just, he'll solve the problem. Uh, Boat is sinking. Dog solves it. Plane is crashing. Dog will fly it. Like, (laughs) yeah, amazing dog. Yep. Spoiler alert, there will be part of this show tonight that we say, um, the guy, the the protagonist, says to the dog, "Okay, remember what I told you." And then the dog jumps out of a plane and parachutes. Out, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's where we're headed. I also, not only does the dog solve all the problems, the dog is smarter than most of the humans, right? Oh, by far. They're like, oh, all of the, all of the humans. Yeah, like the yeah. You, I mean, we'll see. We're, we'll I'll point them out as we go through this. But there are many scenes here where it's like. The dog knew that. Um, actually, that reminds me of a story from uh, back in our call center days. Uh, Did you hire a dog? Uh, we had uh, an employee who was visually impaired and worked off a special Braille computer, and uh, he had a guide dog. So the guide dog came into the call center and just laid down underneath the desk and and was very calm. And I got into arguments over the HR with the HR manager because I was like... If someone like fucks up, can I be like, why are you fucking up? The dog doesn't fuck up. Look, like, <laughs> can't you act like the dog? So I was not I allowed to say that. I thought you were going to say like you got into an argument because the, man- like, the manager didn't want the dog there and you're defending it. But your argument was like, I would like to use this dog. As an example. Uh, why can't to you- discipline other employees yes. and make them feel bad about themselves. Yeah. We had to go through a big, long training session about like how to behave around the dog and one of the people um, who was getting trained just spent the whole time complaining about having to deal with this to the point where I had to be like, the guy's blind. Like, he needs to work here. A little bit of a Mandela effect about what the littlest hobo looks like. Um, like, I know it's in the consciousness of every Canadian, probably. But um, people always say that my dog, who's kind of like a husky looking dog, looks like the littlest hobo. And like they have similar coloring, but... Like, they are not the same type of dog at all. And so, like, the Little Hobo is, for the record, a German Shepherd. Yes. And I think yes. people forget that because normally when we think of German Shepherds, they're sort of that tan and black color. And this is sort of an unusually colored 
German Shepherd. It's a little bit more sort of black, white, and gray. Nope. When I'm walking and I see a Labradoodle, I'm like, is that the littlest hobo? <laughs> Come here, London. It's <laughs> like a little chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, Project. You don't like chihuahuas, do you? Yeah, okay. Chihuahuas. Um, chihuahuas. <laughs> it's funner to say that way. Uh-huh. Same as I say, same as I like saying Chicago. <laughs> or uh, instead of saying Italian, Italian. Oh, man. It's fun. Oh, that's well, not. That's, not that's, a, that's okay, isn't it? Yet I get in trouble when I say Newfoundland. <laughs> yeah, but I know what I know what I'm doing. No, it's... <laughs> yeah, that's right, buddy. Yeah, should we start the show? All right. Okay. That's not actually the littlest hobo's bark. Well, it was the. I don't know. He just showed up. What's I didn't saying? say it's the littlest hobo. It's a different dog. It's Podrick, not one. It's, Pod... yeah. it's Podrick. That's right. We can't be all show dogs. Isn't that right? Yeah, he knows it. All right, so shall we jump into this episode? Please. What do you think, gang? <laughs> there we go. Okay, so we're jumping into this episode. What this episode is, this episode was released in October, on October 11, 1979. And it is entitled Smoke, written by Paul W. Cooper. And you can watch this on YouTube if you put in The Littlest Hobo Smoke or The Littlest Hobo 101. And there's a couple of ones. There's one that's a full 20-something minutes, but they cut out the theme song, I guess, because copyright or something. Or thinking it's not important, which is stupid because it's very important. Or you can watch it in two parts. And it's directed by Alan Eastman. Who was born in bum, 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 Manitoba, got an arts degree at U, uh, University of Manitoba, and he's known for such things. Not really. Directed Danger Zone, and it got 4.4 4, uh, out of 10 on the IMDb. Yeah. Other, other films, A Sweater Song, The War Boy, By Crazy Weezer? Moon. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. <laughs> oh. Well, my dad taught art at the University of Manitoba, so I Ooh. guess that I've partied with the director. Jeez, ask yeah, well, that's 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 cool. Alan Eastman is the man. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, he probably went to art school before my dad was teaching there, because he was teaching there in the early eighties, into the nineties. So, okay, well, previous to that, since this, you know, happened. I, I, I believe it's called the Alan Eastman School of Arts now at the U of M. So, yeah. yeah. Alan Eastman's still with us. Um, he's still, I don't know, I don't think he's still active. But uh, yeah, he's still kicking around because it was mentioned. And shout out to Arlo for sending me a Vice uh, article about the oral history of the Littlest Hobo. And it goes through on the set and some of the stuff I'm going to talk about on this this podcast is going to be mentioned here. So, yeah, he was an executive producer for such shows as Nightman. Ah, not that one, but (laughs) it was a (laughs) it was a it was a comic book hero show. Uh, there were a number of episodes of it. He also directed episodes of Beachcombers, Danger Bay, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, Voyager and to grassy next generation. Oh, wow. He directed our house episode, uh, season three, episode 21 
and also Don't Dream It's Over. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so, that's where we recognize the name from. We've said his name on this yeah. podcast. All right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Our he house. has directed. What was that one? Do you, I'm trying to remember. Which one? Our oh, house. Ellie and Sean move in together. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Hey-o. Hey-o. So, um, I'm all out of facts for now, but we're going to jump in. We're going to start the episode. So, we open on a raging forest fire, the plague of the 1980s. Remember when in the 1980s there was a lot of commercials about anti-forest fires and stuff? Uh-huh. That and drugs. Yeah. And then we solved both those problems. So. <laughs> yes. Well, do you know what happened? Like, in... In school, well, in university, I did some, like, forestry sciences, and the campaign against forest fires was so good that forest fires kind of stopped happening for a while. But the problem was diversity in the forest went down because everything became, like, an old-growth forest. And while that sounds pretty cool, like, a forest is actually built to burn, and it's it's natural. It's a natural um progression of a forest like it grows up it gets old it burns down and life starts again you get your biodiversity um like mixing of species and stuff like that so there was a problem where everything became an old growth forest and like certain animals can't live in an old growth forest and certain plants can't grow there so anyways that's science corner for another (laughs) evening (laughs) <laughs> um, so go out there and go out there and burn a forest everybody do the world <laughs> yeah, a favor right. did you ever in your class on on forests was there under ever um any facts about how much wood porn um <laughs> yeah. the burn rate we had like the calipers out you know where you measure something you measure like uh the the circumference of a tree and you're like putting it around the penthouse calling oh that's a good one right there that's good <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's, that's good quality. That's good quality woods board. So we have a woods crew digging a trench uh, to create a fire break. And we have our, and we see a guy there. We don't know his name yet. A ranger of some sort. And our Ranger Mick Sexy. Uh, ranger Mick uh, Ace McLeod of the Centurions. Do you remember that show? Another I 80s, did. an 80s cartoon. Alan, do you remember not. that show? I don't remember that show. So, okay, so there was these three guys. There was uh, Jake Rockwell, Ace McLeod, and I can't remember the other guy. He was a water guy. And they dressed up in these suits. It was a cartoon. And they dressed up in these suits, and they could add on, like, uh, a vehicle or rockets or guns or whatever. Anyway, somebody out there is saying, yes, I remember Centurions. Uh-huh. Bye. No, I remember. I did look up this guy's sort of resume on IMDb. I'm assuming you did as well. Yes. Yeah. Extensive. Very extensive. His name is Monty Markham. Mm-hmm. And I kind of picked out the ones that I sort of recognized, but um, he played Longfellow Deeds in the Mr. Deeds Goes to Town TV series. He played Perry Mason in the new Perry Mason <gasps> series. Wow. Mm-hmm. He was in several episodes of Melrose Place, Murder, She Wrote, <laughs> Golden Girls, Dallas, and uh, notably a recurring character, 43 episodes on Baywatch. Oh, see, he was Ooh. sexy. Fra- running down that beach with the no shirt That's on. David Hasselhoff money. <laughs> yeah. He is a working man's actor. He has worked in so many plays. He even showed up into, and shout out to our friend Barry, 
uh, <laughs> our friend Barry, Barry's co-host. And he showed up on our favorite show, his and mine. Uh, I think he should leave. He, he came in as Johnny Carson, which I sent to the super secret uh, direct messaging amongst us. But yes, he was actually. So this guy has been wow. absolutely everywhere. And you'll see why when you watch this episode. Like he is. <laughs> he also starts in, in Courtney's wet dreams. He's yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> but she loves him. Look at that chest. How can he not? <laughs> you are my favorite, Courtney. Come on the show. <laughs> Me and Smoke here. We'll all cuddle together. Many kisses. <laughs> Is that a good impression of him? <laughs> Anybody out there, please watch this episode. It's please. Fantastic. You will not watch it and go, oh, that was bad. I watched that. You will watch it and go, I'm glad I watched that. It's great. So we see our... Uh, titular character he pops out of the woods the puppy dog and with something in his mouth and we we cut over to the ranger type character whose name is ray we'll find that out later and asked oh where'd you come from huh so he's talking to this dog there's smoke everywhere and uh, he goes and leaves this little wild cat he has a wild cat in his mouth a little pup and leaves it with the guy and he runs back saves the second one there's so much smoke, they spent the whole budget, I think, or most of the budget <laughs> on smoke machines. It's amazing. Also, if you're trying to get a sense for how people talk to the dog, think about how Mike Nelson talks to wheels. Is uh... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what do you got there, big guy? Hey, big guy. Yeah. So. <laughs> and the, the puff of smoke that they manufacture for the dog's first appearance is amazing. Because it, it literally, like, you could almost see the smoke machine and this puff of smoke just appears. It's so <laughs> yeah. awesome. Like the smoke. So good. And this is the first episode, so there's no explanation. There's nothing. It's just... Yeah, you got to figure everything out. What I'm telling you is exactly what happens. So, which is kind of every episode. So, yeah. Like, there's no... Everybody, there's no backstory. Not no. even to the dog. Zero. Like... You just have to, you have to imagine you are plopped down in this universe where there's just a dog that knows everything that goes from place to place and helps people. But when he arrives at the place, there's no like, here's these people and here's what their story is and here's their background. It's just 25 minutes of dog doing things with people and fucking off. So it's well, the only character you know is the dog from week to week. Yeah. You know, they're getting attached to characters because they mm -hmm. were episode and there's I, no and i got attached i'll admit it there's no there's no tying one episode to the other um these characters who are in this episode you'll never see them again <laughs> no. uh because the dog's just gonna be on a boat next time and then you know on a farm and then in the next one in outer space like it's just yeah, yeah it's great <laughs> <laughs> little uh, helmet on little space astronaut helmet <laughs> those cute and a lot it was known as kind of a conveyor belt a rotating door or what have you of famous canadians at the time you know so tv famous show. i guess yeah yes, exactly sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so uh the guy picks up the second cub there's two cubs there and uh he takes the two cubs and he tells the crew members who are put trying to put it the fire the bomber's coming in soon, and uh, he goes to the truck. It's a Land Rover type thing that I think Courtney mentioned, and he needs to go take care of the Cubs, presumably to leave the fire crew to die, and that's too bad. <laughs> Hardly knew. 
Yeah, he's like, I gotta take care of these two. Yeah, I'm out of here. But these kids. And they're so cute. They are very cute. I'm gonna take this dog with me. He's my dog now. I named him mine. Mm -hmm. Don't don't, don't put up posters or anything. Like, just my dog. His name's Smoke. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's my doggy. Yeah, if you tried that with a baby, that wouldn't go over so well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. I've been there. Great show idea, though. Baby shows up. (laughs) (laughs) Baby shows up. (laughs) Saves everybody. Then wanders away. (laughs) Crawls into the forest. So we're at the ranger station, and he's uh, marking out a map where uh, the burn happened. There's a lady friend there, uh, and she's bottle feeding one of the cubs. He says the cubs were, uh, were saved by old smoke here. And she says, smoke? And the dog is sitting right next to us. So she hasn't asked, what is this dog doing here? <laughs> so that conversation has to happen yet. He's like marking out his map where the fire happened, but the conversation hasn't occurred. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he said, oh, he smoked because he came out of a cloud of smoke. Phone rings. <laughs> it's it's Miss Spivey calling, and we get uh, uh, it's a one-sided conversation, and she says something about there's creatures under her house, and we figure out, we put it together that he's a ranger, and uh, yeah, and uh, he doesn't, uh, he's probably not a fan of Miss Spivey but he, and the stuff, but he's also not a fan of the three buttons on top of his shirt. <laughs> he's like, no fucking way. Oh, I'm so glad you addressed that finally. I'm letting that chest out. Isn't that, that's, that's, that's top shelf top mm-hmm. chest for days isn't it oh yeah yeah you Thanks. enjoy this Gordon? thank you i i really enjoyed it <laughs> jesus yeah really <laughs> <laughs> um i did like i think that was the scene where the 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 lady friend was like something trees weren't the only thing that lost or died in that fire a lot of animals yes. lost their lives too or something her name yeah. is, is susan she's the yes best as well oh Susan. she's an actress named kate lynch and um she is kind of like just she's in so many great things that you might recognize her from we do have some degrassi connections with her her in degrassi the next generation in season 11 um now part two and she was also in the liberty street pilot movie x-rated and uh, just about every great Canadian TV show she's been in at some point, Danger Bay, Maniac Mansion, Street Legal, Ready or Not, Road to Avonlea, The Edison Twins, Seeing Things. Um, Holy she shit. Harris in the Anna Green Gables miniseries, and she was also in the movie Meatballs. Oh, nice. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, nice. everybody, there are only 20 actors in Canada. So <laughs> I was going to say. This is why. We shouldn't be this surprised yeah. because it's true. If you're in one Canadian show, you're in them all. Mm-hmm. We're at Miss Spivey's house, and the creature under the house is a skunk. And Ray has a trapped in a cage. We hear some hijinks music. So we know it's hijinksy. So we're told yeah. that. Anytime you see a skunk, it's hijinks. He's just oh, acting wow. like this is not a wild animal and she's being silly. Like, he's just like, oh, here's <laughs> all that was under your porch. And we're supposed to believe that, like, a skunk is just, like, this innocent, cute little animal. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, it can, sp- it can spray. Like, he's picking it up with his hands. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you put 
spray you, right? He's treating it like a cat. Like a, a, a tame cat. <laughs> Look at this did guy. Did he carry it out or did he carry it out in a cage? In a cage. He helped it into the cage with his hands and then <laughs> carried it out of the cage. And she's losing her mind, like oh beyond God. anything. And he lifts it up to her and gives the best Charlton Heston laugh. He's like, ha ha! Good. From my cold dead head. <laughs> <laughs> Is your creature? Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, basically, basically, she's way overreacting to what this animal is, and he's way underreacting. Yeah, he's like the crocodile hunter <laughs> underreacting, right? <laughs> and then there's that deleted scene where the skunk grabs a guitar and he's like, despite all my rage, I'm still just a skunk in a cage. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that deleted scene we all saw, which was also part of Canadian lore. Which is amazing, yeah. because the show was shot in 1979. Glad you got that reference. It, it all ties together. Yeah. Billy, Corgan, Billy Corgan used to be a skunk. <laughs> <laughs> Guest starring Billy Corgan. <laughs> Yeah, in case you didn't know everybody, Billy Corgan, Canadian royalty when it comes to acting. He was in uh, Street Legal and Liberty Street. And, yeah. Road to Avonlea. Yeah. I'm a little skunk in a cage. <laughs> oh, you know how Billy Corgan sings like all crazy. Uh-huh. So, uh, Smoke is hanging out in the garden when he sees uh, Ray laughing at Miss crazy old Miss Spivey. Yeah, and he sees that there's an animal trap in the grass, and it's next to where Miss Spivey is standing. He grabs her apron and tugs her away, and she says, he turned on me. Oh. She's, she's like an old Karen. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I love this. Again, this is, this is example number one of how the dog is smarter than people. <laughs> like The dog's like, I see a trap. That's bad. I should leave mm-hmm. the human away from it. Because, again... This dog can do everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I wish there was a spinoff where, like, uh, it was all the opposite. Like, the dog gets rabies and then, like, makes <laughs> pushes people into all the bad situations. <laughs> dog doesn't even need to have rabies. They just they just are an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> or he's just fed up with all these idiots. And he's like, this is bullshit. He brings, he brings a pack of cigarettes to a bunch of kids. And, you're like, <laughs> and then he, like, within his mouth, like, lays the cigarettes. And then somehow he hits, like, makes the lighter go. And they're like, what should we do, boy? And he's like, Shh. And they just, they start smoking cigarettes. And yeah. Yeah. Great. But then when people get mad, he's like, it wasn't me. I'm a fucking dog. Like. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Think I can buy cigarettes? I don't even have ID. Yeah. Come on. Call <laughs> me smoke. That's ludicrous. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> He'd be like. <laughs> 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 so, um, so smoke. <laughs> this is even better. So smoke goes and picks up a stick and drops it in the trap, and, which triggers it. And Ray comes over and chastises her for having a trap like that. And then he <laughs> he resets it and forces her foot into it. And just to teach her a lesson, <laughs> puts the trap on her and goes, "Not so good now, is it, Spivey?" <laughs> well, none of that happened, but. That, that would be funny. That, that didn't happened. happen, but what did happen was she said she wanted protection from the animals, and he said to her, the animals didn't start the fire. <laughs> <laughs> he just 
start bobbing his head back and forth. Like, that song's not going to come out for 10 more years, but guess what? So we have a bit of uh, storytelling, a bit of exposition here. And uh, due to the fires, there's been an influx of animals in the community. There's a man named Mr. Rooker down at the feed and grain, and he's urging people to buy traps and poison. So, yeah, and he says, yes, it's not the animal's fault they didn't start the fire. I wrote when he was talking about bear traps and poison, I wrote, it makes him horny. <laughs> oh, so horny. He loves it. He's like, bear. Oh, buy a bear trap. Oh, here's some poison. <laughs> he has to put his hands on his knees like, I just need to take a breath. Yeah. <laughs> um, but again, you, can, you can tell he's bad because he has a box right in front of him that says, like, rat kill. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and yep. as he's bragging about it, the dog, again, is in the room and hearing him. And the dog understands everything that's coming out of his mouth. Oh, yeah. Like, the dog's like, this motherfucker likes poison. <laughs> poison, poison. poison. <laughs> Bell did the lower stand. I was like, "You should buy some rat poison." It's like, what? <laughs> you guys aren't big yet. Oh well, we'll be big. Oh, it's like they get inspired because they see uh, smoke tip over a bowl of raw beef, which is has poison. Because we're down at the feed and grain, and he flips it over because he smoke somehow knows it's poison. And Ray and Mr. Rooker are inside having an argument. And, yeah, it gets a bit heated because Ray is <laughs> is uh, hating these traps and stuff, and he wants them out of there. Rooker's just trying to make a living. And he says, uh, Rooker says, you, you, why don't you clear out before I throw you out? And it escalates in the way that in the Godfather movie, when the concierge goes to see the film producer, and he's like, I had pizza ass all over the world, and she was the best. And he really escalates. Uh, so it kind of reminded me of that. I just, I, you know, I was like, this is so ridiculous because this guy is so obsessed with poison and bear traps. But oh, then I remember, it. but then I remember how people are in the United States about guns. I'm like, wow. <laughs> then I came back to reality and said, uh, it's yeah. not a strike. It's, it's very totally much like reasonable. that. It's like, it doesn't matter. You need to sell the poison. You need to sell the traps. Yeah. yeah, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. He's not just trying to make a living. He's just like, I love this stuff. Yeah. It's the best. And he's trying to convince people to buy it. I put a oh, trap okay. on my ankle and rub myself in poison and then I whack it. Oops. Yeah, I was yeah. peeking through the woods and I saw Ray <laughs> put Miss Spivey in a trap and it was great. And I exploded. Yep. And I need to go home and change. So. So uh, they're fighting. They're they're arguing. So just, but just quick oh, go ahead. Guy Cal Rooker again. Checked out his resume. Like a long, sorted, lots of lots and lots and lots of stuff. Um, again, kind of a laundry list of appearances in classic Canadian television shows, recurring on Street Legal, and the Edison Twins, Due South, Road to Avonlea, and he is even in the Littlest Hobo again as a Ooh. different in about two years after this one uh they're fighting and there's a mountain cat outside all of a, all of a sudden going ram, ram, oh my flip, god flipping out terrifying uh it's also i noted 1979 so i cannot guarantee that that's not an actual trap on that poor uh oh. mountain lion yep i i don't know it's and i watched it a few times and i really don't know if it's a 
trend cat or if they put something on it that's making it flip out because it's very real. The, the yeah. Yeah. yeah so, it's, it's like yeah. fucking terrifying. I, I mean, to uh, burn it down. Grown angry mountain lion. Yeah. Uh-huh. In the grass. Is that what it is? Is it a mountain lion or a bobcat? Or are they the same? I don't know. To your to uh, our big cats are smaller than mountain lions. Our big cat enthusiasts out there, please tell us which one it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mountain lions are like pumas. Bobcats are like like mid size. I don't you, that doesn't help for me. If you were out there on in the Venn diagram and go, I like the grassy, but I'm also a big cat enthusiast. Give us a call. <laughs> yeah, please. Touch base with us. <laughs> so stuff gets really crazy when Rooker goes. He pulls out a big, a high-powered rifle uh, to shoot the cat, and while Ray is walking up to the cat, so he's like gonna miss him by maybe a foot, but smoke jumps off the deck of the feed and grain and hits him, and Rooker goes flying, and the gun goes off. I can only figure that the bullet flew and hit poor Miss Spivey and she fell into her garden. Um, so I don't know. It's 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 a pretty crazy scene. Yeah. So he knows what he's not, doing. Did not shoot his penis off. No. No. <laughs> but like no. this is a very for for what Ted is describing, it's treated as like very matter of fact, right? Like this is a major event, an incident that's happening here, and they're just like, "I oh, tried to shoot the mountain lion. He might have shot the ranger. The dog stopped him. They got into a fight. The dog mm-hmm. took the gun away." <laughs> yeah, there would be a major investigation. <laughs> yeah, what just happened? And this dog launches, smoke launches, old Rooker, and the gun <laughs> goes flying and goes off, which is like, what the fuck? It's crazy. So, uh, but it continues. Rooker and Ray get in a tussle, which ends in a uh, John Cena-level face lock by Ray, which needs to be chinched up. He's not really pulling it in. Uh It's really kind of light, and you go, nah, that's not. You really need to pull that in. It doesn't look really real. Um, Smoke has picked up the gun, which Ray then takes. So Ray is going to care for the, uh, take care of the big cat, which I thought meant shoot the cat. So <laughs> I'm a bad person, probably. But next shot, we're at the vet. Cat is all all bandaged up and sleeping in the crate. I don't know how because this cat, right before he took care of this cat, this cat is like <laughs> like a a wild animal that's probably oh, eighty there, pounds. Buddy. They're there. They're there. Yeah, those. Those screams will haunt uh, my dreams. They were terrifying. Yes. But of course, Ranger Joe or whatever his name is just goes straight up to the cat, right up to his face. It's okay. <laughs> Next scene, Ray is all bandaged up like his head, like he looks like Dark Man. <laughs> like, I he started, saved that cat. He started massaging the cat first. He's like, it's a, you're so tense. Relax. You're beautiful. Well, actually, that comes to the next scene because he says that lady in there, uh, she's a she's a protected species. And because we're at the vet and uh, he can. Yeah, he's all about uh, confiscating Rooker's traps because that's since that the cat got caught and it's a protected species. He's talking to Susan. He can uh, confiscate the traps. 
Like, what even is a fucking forest ranger? <laughs> I don't even know. Forest rangers alone. Yeah. I'm, I'm just asking. Are they like girl guides? <laughs> Good, grown men? I mean, you see that stud? That he has to move traps and stuff. Mm hmm. Nah, but because the species is protected, it gives him authority to kill. <laughs> Who's he gonna or, kill? Oh, maybe not kill. So we're back at the feed and grain, and a guy who's in the chicken business is there to uh, get some traps for some coyotes. And Rooker talks him in, so he's there with a the kid and talking him into making sure that they uh, they make sure to get pick up some extra rat poison. The guy puts down the kid who's probably about three years old who is uh, strangely dressed like Chucky. So shout out <laughs> to our friend Tyrell, because I know you're a big Chucky fan. Um, that's a, that's a, a strange look for a, a little little kid. So he puts the, puts the kid Davy down on the deck and the overturned bowl of raw meat and poison is there. And the kid goes <laughs> over, crawls over, and helps himself. And he can't get him <laughs> out. <laughs> okay. Not this three-year-old. There was just a mountain lion. That's oh, fine. Yeah, like I, I think you've you've glossed over the parental neglect that <laughs> that's happening in this scene. Like he's so yes, he's at this cabin. It's it's like it's a shop, but it's basically a cabin. Like they're in the fucking woods. There's mm -hmm. poison out. On, there's yeah. poison out on the deck. There's a forest fire happening, and there was a mountain lion there, and. He's like, I have to go back inside the store to buy more rat poison. I'm going to place my toddler on the deck by himself, and I'm going to go in. No, no. He just needs to pick up, like, rat poison. But there, he's in there for a long time. Buddy's pretty fucking chatty. He <laughs> knows a lot about poison, so he's probably oh, going through. Yeah, he's like, do you want to look at pictures of poison and circle jerk with me? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> now, w one thing I will say in this dad's defense, it was 1979. So, oh yeah, you, like the shit that your parents would let you do in those days. But like, I'm not a parent, and I'm watching this in horror. I'm like, no. <laughs> and this dad, by the way, so again, the the kid, as you said, eats the poison. So there's gonna mm -hmm. be, you know, fallout from this for the rest of the episode. You know who doesn't catch any shit? Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Get outside. Just bring the kid in with you. It's not like it's there's no room in there for the kid. It's a pretty small he, shop. The, the yeah, it's like oh, it's a uh, it's a small occupancy because the kid was in his arms when he walked out with his traps for the coyotes, and then he says, "Uh uh uh." Rooker is like, "You better come back in and get some poison." And he's like, okay, I'll leave my fucking kid out here on the deck and I'll go in because I need two arms to carry all the poison, I guess. <laughs> Fuck, what is going on? Yeah. Um, I, not to mention, not only did the kid eat rat poison, he ate raw meat. Yeah. <laughs> Yummy. Normal I mean, kids don't do that. No, I think kids are stupid, so I don't know. They but, are, but even yeah. the stupidest like of kids, I don't think, and, would eat raw meat. And so I think this kid I is also chucky. <laughs> on this little bit of trivia um, which I'm very excited to tell you so the kid who plays Davey mm -hmm. um, his name is Jay Woodcroft and um, he apparently was a minor league hockey player of some renown in his heyday 
and according to IMDb, named head coach of the Edmonton Oilers on February 10th, 2022. What? What? <laughs> what? What? What's this kid's name? Jay Woodcroft. I gotta do some Googling here. Who's the coach of the Oilers? Well, it's Jay Woodcroft. Jay Woodcroft. <laughs> Is this for serious? Are you kidding? I'm looking at his... Yeah, I'm looking at his IMDb. I mean, he was born in 1976. He's 45, so yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That is right? amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and of course the Oilers just won the whatever it was. Second round of the playoffs. The thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. There you go. Right. That's what I said. Oh my god, can we need to get into like a scrum with this coach? Be like, "Did you eat rat poison?" Did you actually have to eat that raw meat? What did it taste like? What you're such a stupid baby. <laughs> How can we trust Why'd you with dad... this team if you were so dumb when you were a kid? Why'd your dad leave you out there? Does he not love you? What happened? Did he want you to get eaten by a mountain lion? What's London like? Is he nice? <laughs> was, uh-huh. was the dog actually Craig McTavish? <laughs> <laughs> Every character on that show now coaches the Oilers. I mean, his dad may as well have been Craig McTavish. Oh, he's looking so good. I um, love Mac T. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, also, if you know the Craig McTavish, you know. Actually, oh, he he was a little drunky drunk, wasn't he? I think he was a little drunky drunk at one point, yeah. <laughs> no. At one time or, like, over an extended period of time? <laughs> Uh, it's rare that it just happened once. It happens once. That's what you tell yourself when you're an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> and he was also like, wasn't he also the last NHL player not to wear a helmet? Uh, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, he, uh, Craig McTavish committed a little bit of vehicular homicide. So just uh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just a tad. So he could have very well been this kid's dad. <laughs> Anyways, fair. Little fair Asobo, enough. everybody. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so Ray and Smoke show up to the uh, where to the store, and Smoke whimpers and goes and retrieves uh, the bowl. Ray takes his hand and wipes it right across the bowl, and then takes a big whiff. <laughs> so that's like raw meat and poison. He's like, "Oh, what is this?" <laughs> and. We figure out that Davey has eaten some poison. We find uh, find out the and doctor's out of meat. town. <laughs> and raw meat, which is, yeah, just as bad, maybe. They they head out. Everybody piles in the Bronco or whatever to take the kid to Susan, who's a vet. And they're like, oh, a vet? What's a vet? So, But they put it all together that the vet can call the doctor and see what to do. And as they're driving away, the baby passes out. And oh, the vet. No. The baby's going into shock, according to them. Uh, they come up with a plan to fly to Pottsville and fly the doctor back. Yeah, the bridge yeah. is burnt out because of the fire, and the doctor yes. was not in town, so they have to go get him. Yeah. Yeah. They, I have to give it to them. They have probably more filling in the gaps than the grass he does. They go, <laughs> but why don't they do this? Well, the bridge is burned out. Yeah. And there's... Yeah, there's more of that to come. Yeah, why can't we call a doctor? Oh, he's away. He won't be back till tomorrow. <laughs> why can't they land the plane? Because there's a storm. But there's no actual storm in the sky right now. We'll film it anyways. <laughs> As we'll see. <laughs> so at the clinic, we see a very emotional mother coming in. And she's giving the gears to Rooker, who is there. And she doesn't want any part of it. To Rooker, not to Dad. 
No, yeah, no. not to your fucking idiot husband. How was how was our son outside on the porch by himself? Because I wanted as much poison as possible. And, oh, yeah. and where the fuck were you, mom? Yeah. Well, we don't know. The mother didn't see it, so maybe the dad's like, "The Rooker fucking fed our kid poison, like in a in raw meat, like force fed him. It's crazy, oh, yeah. isn't it? So are we gonna we, yeah. we gonna get it on tonight, baby? We good? And then he brings out his strip of condoms. <laughs> yeah, he's like, look at this mustache. It's elegant, isn't it? Um, the mom cracked me up when she came in. She was all distressed for a minute. And she just looks at her baby and then they kind of just walk away. <laughs> oh, nothing else we can do. Mm-hmm. Definitely well, don't want to stand beside my dying kid. I'll just go over here an actress named Barbara Williams, and she is has also a laundry list of uh, of a resume. Um, it's a little bit of a different laundry list, and I suspect maybe it's because she was a West Coast-based actress. Is it all porn? Different things. Lumber <laughs> in Toronto. West Coast. So, and tons of stuff. Rookie Blue, Bones, CSI, The yep. Outer Limits, Defenses, and Star Trek The Next Generation, to name a few. So West Coast. <sighs> so West Coast. So much CSI, porno. so porny. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Bones, right? Yeah, we got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got it. High fives all around. So the plane takes off with Ray as pilot and Smoke as the co-pilot. They uh, they land in Pottsville, where the doctor's waiting out on the field. Uh, and... I wrote in all caps. Now the dog is in the airplane, and uh, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a... no door on the airplane. <laughs> nope. Yeah, there's a, and now there's a lot of writing in capital letters coming up. So oh it's so funny. It's just like the two guys in the plane and just the dog between them in the back. Like, <laughs> like yes. Immediately, like the first thought is, why would you think to bring the dog in the airplane? And I mean, it's great because of what happens, right? But who would be like, mm. bring the dog in the airplane? There's Only no the reason to bring the dog. Sure office take the dog you yeah this dog's pretty smart if i pass out he can fly the plane that's why Mm -hmm. he puts on little goggles little aviator goggles on the dog (laughs) yeah like snoopy yes (laughs) Mm -hmm. snoopy ripped off little as hobo yeah (laughs) so we're back at the vet and it just shows the thunderstorm is uh kicking in we're cutting back and forth between the vet clinic and the plane and Ray Smoke and the doctor. Uh, the storm is getting worse, and Ray could could go to another airport, but they'd have no transportation. Like they're really laying out all the reasons why they don't do certain things, Let's, but they they can't get back to the poison kid. And just to make it clear, by the way, we hear the storm. Uh, we get plenty <laughs> of shots of the sky, and it's like yes. where what storm? <laughs> like I wouldn't call it a sunny day, but you know, I, I watched, I rewatched this episode with a few people, and they were like, "Where's the storm?" Like, we, <laughs> we we can hear it, but yeah, I do like how they're like, "Well, we can't land because of the storm," which is weird. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, it's not like they're flying four hours from one place to the other. Like, it's the airfield, like you know, in the next town or whatever. So, over the course of their what five minute flight, they're like, "Weather's gotten so bad." That we mm-hmm. can't land. So then they're like, well, let's, let's land here. Well, if we do that, then we can't get the thing over the bridge. Well, why don't we do this? Like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> they they out He's like, hey, Doc. Hey, Doc, you know, ever fly a plane before? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he asked that, and the doctor's like, no, no, I haven't. And he floats the idea that he Ray himself can parachute down with the antidote and the doctor can fly the plane, which is the most crazy plan. Like, what? Well, uh, it's the most crazy plan until you hear what actually ends up happening. Yeah. Ray Ray looks to the back of the plane and we hear, Ruff, and uh, Smoke calls out a parachute, to which Ray does a double take and he's like, oh, I get it, baby. I know what's going on here. He gives him this beautiful nod. Uh, Ray riddles off a bunch of this happens really in fast sequence Ray riddles off a bunch of directions of how to fly a plane to the doctor and the doctor's <laughs> like w- w- what what are you talking push the pedal this left pedal and this old number should be this 362 and I'm confused as a viewer I'm like fucking don't hand over that plane he's gonna crash he yep. doesn't know what he's doing he doctor Ted he's very smart <laughs> but he's the doctor's not confident. He's like, I can't. I don't know how. He's like, ha ha, you can. <laughs> or I don't really care if you can. <laughs> I like how the <laughs> how he the ranger turns into Sean Connery once in a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he says, We just got oh, ourselves a volunteer. <laughs> and it's your back, mother, Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> So Ray goes to the back of the plane and straps Smoke into a parachute. And, and Ray, point, yeah. my husband watching with me, he goes, oh, my God. <laughs> gonna They're happen. going to throw the dog out. <laughs> <laughs> this yes. show is bonkers. And I love how the doctor doesn't care. Like, after, like, the ranger explains the story, and he's like, no, I can't fly a plane. He's like, sorry. <laughs> and then that's I'm it. sorry. Yeah, let's throw the dog out the window instead. That's a good idea. <laughs> So he tells the doctor to hold the plane steady, and then we get a out like a larger, uh, faraway shot of the plane erratically flying back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the people in the plane are fine, like barely moving. So we're at the open plane door, and I call it a door. It's more of an opening because there is no door on the back of the plane. And Ray says to Smoke, "Okay, Smoke." Remember what I told you. And, and I'm like, did you say anything to him? I don't know. He gave him a list of instructions, probably the same way he told the doctor how to play, fly, the, fly the plane. He's really good at this. He's like, I'm a good at this. Make sure you pull your parachute at, you know, 3,000 altitude. So with that, smoke jumps or is pushed out of the plane. <laughs> So they they do a they do a long shot of the plane and you see an object flying out and it looks like the dog like you know when people jump out of an airplane their their bodies are somewhat in control if they're trained the dog is like flopping as it falls out like if you threw yeah. a stuffed dog out of the plane that's what it looks so, like so this is what happened they had original idea to push a real dog out of the plane but for something, I can't remember, it was something uh, technical they couldn't really do it, or just for safety they couldn't do it. And they pushed out a replica of a dog, and as they pushed it out, the parachute didn't open, so oh. the, the replica of the dog and plummeted 2,000 feet <laughs> and embedded itself three feet into the ground. Oh and, the, and Alan Eastman was like, well, I'm glad we didn't use a real dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It was a pound puppy. <laughs> yeah. And Ray Ray whispers, "Good luck, Smoke." Into a plane, which real in realistic would be like, <laughs> because he's hanging out a plane. <laughs> yeah, he's outside of a plane. But anyways, all good. We're on the ground, and Smoke releases his own parachute, so he pulls it to take it off. Oh, <laughs> shot of Smoke floating to Earth, but it's like a close-up. <laughs> yes, puppies, like got he... this poor dog in a harness, and they're like dangling him around. Like, like you cannot, yeah. Guys? Please don't gloss over this, please. Like <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. So we... instead of so, the montage had to be changed to that. So we see a thing flying through the air and they I guess later they dropped something out of a plane the replica they dug it out of the ground and dropped it again so <laughs> it cuts between the replica from a far distance and then going of sailing down to earth on the parachute to a close up of of the dog in the parachute like backwards like baby bjorn styles and yeah. it's like floating through a very smoky very overcast like soundstage is fantastic. And like, okay, in the show, the dog is smarter than humans. In real life, it's a fucking dog. Like a well-trained dog, <laughs> but a fucking dog. Mm -hmm. That dog cannot be happy sitting in that harness, like <laughs> taking shots of the dog. And then when the dog lands on the ground, it is not a soft landing. No. No, it's, Yeah. Like, the dog doesn't crash into the ground, but, like, it falls over. Like, they show the dog taking a tumble when it hits the earth. It kind of, like, <laughs> lands on its ass, and, like, dogs aren't good for landing on their ass. It's like, what? <laughs> I'm not built that way, man. <laughs> dogs aren't meant for jumping out of planes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another not piece all of dogs. Not all dogs. Another piece mm -hmm. of inside information, too. They would switch dogs out depending on which dog was good at what type of stunt. <laughs> So, get me the parachute dog. Just give me the skydiving dog. <laughs> Hurry. But yes, then yeah, the but I mean, boys. And then the dog, yeah, when the dog lands, he just unclips the parachute. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So, we uh, cue a montage when he's on the ground, soundtrack by a heart pumping kind of disco jazz music, which I was uh, digging. And smoke is traversing across rivers and forests, and we cut back and forth from smoke going through the forest and to the clinic of the baby just holding on. And finally, we're back at the clinic, and we hear a barking at the door, and who is it? Smoke. And Susan gets ready to administer an antidote, and smoke takes a much-needed rest and flops over. To the poison, because that is how poisons work. Yes. There is one antidote. Yes. We, the dog brought it. They gave it to the child, and now everything's better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this unconscious, this child being unconscious on a vet table <laughs> with like no oxygen or <laughs> IV or anything, just like dead. And it, he probably has salmonella in addition to poisoning. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Like he had to have brain damage. Oh, show. <laughs> I also love how the dog is carrying the antidote around his neck like he's a St. Bernard. Yeah. That's great. In a fucking purse. You think it's that cold commercial? Cold and flu commercial with the St. Bernard? Yes. <laughs> Bedlin or whatever. <laughs> so we see Rooker at the vet clinic and he's sorry and he offers a bundle of flowers to uh, the kid's mother, which she accepts. And then she sniffs Aww. him and he's like, there's poison in there. 
Like, like, fooled you again. She sniffs it and a fucking trap snaps on her nose. Like, (laughs) I love traps. Little mini one. (laughs) (laughs) That scene was so awkward. He just like shoves the flowers in her face and holds them there. And it's supposed to be dramatic. And then she Mm. accepts them. And then he sits down like hesitantly beside them. So great. Even though, like, this isn't a hospital. You don't have to be sitting in a waiting room. You could sit next to your, like, dying child. No, they have to sit away from the child. (laughs) Across the room. And this is great, too, because when the child does wake up, who notices first? The dog. Of course. Yeah, not the parents, not the vet. The dog is like, kids awake. Hey, everybody, (laughs) wake up. Um, I was like, what do you want to do tonight? Where do you want to go? <laughs> and and then my favorite part is that when the kid wakes up, the dog goes over to the kid, and the kid pets the dog, and I wrote, that kid clearly doesn't know how to pet a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of flails in the air. Yeah, yeah. It's because he has brain damage. <laughs> we focus in on the wall clock as the time goes by, right before the kid wakes up, and strangely, we have the, the opening part of I think it's Days of Our Lives, but what is the soap opera? No, like, it's Young and the Restless. Young and the Restless, yes. Okay, like, so... I don't yeah. think it is the Young and the Restless. It isn't. No, it can't be. Exactly like it. Like, I want to play it just so people understand, because it is so close to the Young and the Restless theme song. <laughs> oh, look, it's... It... Okay, that's that's the actual Young and the Restless theme. Oh, (laughs) but it is exactly those notes. The first thing, ding, ding of all the keys on the piano. Like that show was out at the time. Why pick that? They're like, sue us. We'll set Rooker on you with his trapped bouquets. Not with Victor Newman. Fuck that. And the phone rings, and it's Ray checking in from uh, Pottsville Airship, and he's probably getting banged up drinking some uh, some moonshine that was hidden in the wall. So he's probably having a good time. He looks like he's very relaxed there. Yeah, I think the, he unbuttoned the, another. Oh yeah, he's took like, off one off, Oh, baby. when the dog when the dog jumped out of the plane, my shirt fell off and went with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no shirts, no tops for me. No, my pants <laughs> fell out of the plane too. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> the air pressure made my penis go really erect. <laughs> He's trying to have phone sex. <laughs> Is it? With old Susan, who's still bottle feeding the fucking bobcat baby. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is our new baby. Oh, is it a rubber nipple? Yeah, tell me about <laughs> it. So everybody's happy, and finally, we're in the final scene with Susan and Ray in the yard of the ranger station, and Ray is wrapping up a phone call uh, with Rooker, and he's happy to report that Rooker has brought in all the traps and won't be selling any poison anymore. And then a week later, well, Rooker goes out of business, and <laughs> and he's depressed. Yeah. 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 He, uh, yes, he goes into the forest and never comes back. So... <laughs> And Susan is still bottle feeding one of the baby cubs. And this, Ray take Ray yeah, gets horny, right? Because of the last scene, we said he sees this and he's horny, so he asks her to fuck and they kiss. 
Mm-hmm. He pulls this move and he says, we should make it a more permanent arrangement uh, because we're a pretty good team. And she says, I'm considering it. He's like, ha, ha. <laughs> and they have an impromptu makeout and Smoke takes his opportunity. He's like, ugh, gross. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like 1979 like, making me out of a fucking plane. Yeah, I'm like, getting the fuck out of here. Where's get my like kiss? A, where's my like a bully stick or something? A bone? Like anything? No. And their their kiss is the one of those awkward kisses where they actually just like put their mouths together but don't do anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's it's like two dead bodies kissing. But yeah. dog, dog's like these people don't know how to fuck. I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm taking my lipstick and I'm bitches. getting out of here. When they kissed, I was like, "What?" Like I didn't, I didn't know that there was any kind of romantic interaction. There was no hint of it. There was no flirtation. No. There was nothing. And then at the end, they're like, "We fucking know." Like, <laughs> How you want to make this a permanent situation? Yeah. Like, and I'm like, what? You mean get married? Like, are they? I don't. Yeah. We don't know. It's left up to our imaginations. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like, do you want to commit um, joint suicide together to make this a permanent situation? Jesus. <laughs> it's just an action. got dark. Wow. Jeez. That Probably not... that's not what they meant. I'm just saying. you got to consider all options. I guess we'll never know. And with the final words, Ray stands up after his little not really hot makeout. As you know, I think he's gone. Same way he came, out of a cloud of smoke. Good smoke? Boy, smoke. Smoke? Where are you? Yes. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and then dog fucks off. Yes. Excellent. How did that not make you cry every time? <laughs> did you really cry at that when you were a kid? I, my parents tell me I did. I don't have any <laughs> recollection of it, but... <clears throat> Like, they're like every goddamn time. It's like the shots of this dog like running down dirt roads and through fields, and uh, in a river, and then on a like is he on a train in one of the shots? I don't know, but he's probably driving the train. He probably built the train. <laughs> he's parachuting to other lands. He's got a rocket on his back and he's flying around like this fucking dog is crazy. He's like he's Elon killing, Musk. He's dogs. killing Nazis <laughs> in Germany. <laughs> Yeah. He wouldn't have to kill them. He'd just outwit them. Yeah. <laughs> he would. <laughs> but yeah, I used to cry, apparently. I think I was just sad that he was alone. I don't know. <laughs> he, he chose it. Everybody wanted to keep him. And he's like... Yeah, he prefers it that way, Courtney. Yeah. They're right. Okay, I'm sorry. I was like three or four years old. You mean Davy's age? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't eat rat poison, at least. I just cried. I'm not as stupid as that kid. Who's now a coach of a NHL team? So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's the real winner? Oh my God! Can you somebody go to an Oilers game and like print a blow up like picture of the scene where he's eating raw meat and fat poison? Well, I mean, I guess that would be between you and me because we're we're the two in cities where the NHL is playing. So I will. Well, I'm not in the city where the NHL is currently playing, and neither are you. Neither am I. Stupid Toronto. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> All right, well that's it. That's the show. So what are some thoughts about this this beauty of an episode? Spoiler alert, what I think about it. It's incredible. I I think that we have to do a little Hobo podcast now. 
every part of this is insane. It is. <laughs> it was an insane episode. And I did want to say something about the stunts really quickly. Um, there mm-hmm. is somebody credited on this episode on IMDb, but they're not credited as any person in the cast. They're in the cast list, but they're not credited as character. So I clicked on them, and I think they have something to do with the stunts in this show. And this person is prolific. Their name is Dan, Dan Bradley. And basically every movie that you've ever seen or cared about, this guy has had a hand in the stunts. It's in Spain. So among other things, he worked on The Bourne Legacy, The Bourne Ultimatum, The Bourne Supremacy, Spider-Man 2 and 3, Seabiscuit, Jackass the Movie, Donnie Darko, Being John Malkovich, Independence Day, Dumb and Dumber, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, and... (gasps) Wow. Dumb and Dumber. I wonder what's... So seems to be a huge name in terms of stunts and stunt coordination. And so clearly had a hand in this. So, I mean, just sort of the insane stunt situation. Whose stunt double was he? Nobody did anything like dramatic except for the dog. He dressed up in a dog costume and jumped out of the, <laughs> <laughs> jumped out of the airplane. <laughs> like, really? What else? Like, what other stunts were there? I like, I like the idea. He was a stunt coordinator, right? Because there was a tussle between Ray. Oh and, my uh, God! Yes, the fucking fight. Uh, yeah, I mean, was the fucking uh, mountain lion in the trap a stunt? Well, I mean, oh, that's also probably, him. Yeah. Meow, meow. I'm a mountain lion. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch me, I'll claw you. I got claws. Arr, this hurts like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Fuck. Fuck shit. Fuck. It's like for stunts. So I'm sure he had his hands all over that. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, no yeah. wonder he probably when he would apply for the job on other movies, he's like, I pushed a dog out of a fucking plane. Like, <laughs> I'll do anything. You're like, you're yeah. hired. I'll do anything. Yeah. But really, this episode was bananas. It was just bananas. Yes. Like the forest ranger fought the co-op store owner. Because <laughs> 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 he wouldn't stop selling rat poison. This is a problem in Canada. He's like, don't sell rat poison. I must. I must sell rat poison and traps. Let's fight. <laughs> Get out of here. I'll throw you out. He put, the sleeper, he put the sleeper hold on him. Yeah, yeah he sent, he's sent you up. Like this, if you, for those who haven't seen the show, haven't seen this episode, if you go watch it, like you will not be disappointed. It, like, it, no, uh, it's impossible. It, it, yeah. It, it's not even a, like, sometimes you'll be like, it's so bad, it's good. I wouldn't even classify it as that. Like, I wouldn't also classify it as good. I would just classify it as, like, what? Like, your jaw will be just be on the floor the whole time you watch it. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just goes full out, full out. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. It, it will end, and you'll be like, what did I just watch? But <laughs> you'll also want to watch the next episode. Like, I really <laughs> want to keep reviewing this show because it's amazing. Well, and this was the first episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they started by pushing the dog out of an airplane, so where do we go from here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, that's, that's, a, that's a hard, tough one. Yeah. And does his, does the dog's name change every episode? Like, did they yes. just, yeah. whoever? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, ha- I had a list of names, but uh, I don't have it on me. But it was like, 
Smoke and Trigger and Puppo and Growler. And he he always has a different name in every episode. So, yeah. I really want to find out some of them. Hang on. And the dog, is, again, the dog is smart. So when he shows up at the new place and they're like, this is your name now, the dog's like, I guess that's my name. Yep. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Whatever you say. I think the next one goes like straight into murder, though, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, reading behind the scenes, they were like a young group who was running it, the director and the writer. And they were kind of like, I think they were a bit like young hippies and they were into environmental stuff, which is not you don't have to be a hippie to do that. But this was his words. He said he was into like things like the environment and stuff like that. And. He was saying it wasn't a kid's show. It was actually kind of directed like the cute dog stuff. A dog goes and does something. Oh, that'll get the kids. But an actual storyline will keep the adults who are watching with the kids. So, yeah. So they had they had a method to it, I guess. I mean, to their credit, too, like at the little Tobo, like he doesn't really do cutesy stuff. Like no. this is Benji, you know? Yeah. So uh, what's coming up next, guys? Uh, let's see. I don't know. What uh, What do we have next time? We have another episode of Degrassi and Not the Littlest Hobo. What kind of episode shall we watch? I think we're watching I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For is the name That's of the exist. episode. And uh, I don't know what it's about, but we will tell you when we review it uh, in a week or two from now. So <laughs> And Bono guest stars in the episode. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They all go to the top of the school and they play a concert yeah. and everybody shows up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Mr. Radish comes and shuts it down. Yeah. And that's it. And Bono's <laughs> like, oi. <laughs> yeah. And then what does he say? I don't know. <laughs> woof, woof, woof. Well, we've had a slice. We hope you've had a slice. And uh, we've had a laugh and a half on this episode. So let's just see one more time around the horn who has been with us in O-Town in particular to start. Oh, that's me. The littlest Courtney. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm here. Instagram, Courtney.1293. And I am really looking forward to hopefully people who have listened to this episode sharing your littlest hobo stories with us. Because uh, I bet they're all amazing. And I'll send it down the highway to Alan to tell you where to send those littlest hobo stories. Uh, you can send it to narbosandbroomheads at gmail.com or iheartthelittlesthobo at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, our, our new email. Uh, you can follow us at Narbos Podcast on Instagram and at Narboscast. Wait, is that what it's called? I don't know. Find Narbos. I don't know. At Narbos cast Nar- narbos podcast at narbos podcast on twitter i can't remember anymore look up narbos and brumets on twitter you'll find <laughs> us and we're on instagram i'm slip with five eyes or slip and arlo uh i'm arlo you can follow me on instagram at arloe s-c-o-t-t and uh finish off teddy and teddy at say what three on the instagram machine we'll see you all next time on narbos and broomheads Peace. Well, I said I'd show them my love. I was meant to do my homework. I would stay up late and dream about Kylie. I was meant to do my homework.